Good morning podcast, welcome to a new episode, I am Pierre your host and you're on the Pierre T. Lambert show, the one and only podcast for photographers, videographers and creators in general. Guys, today I have a special guest with me as usual, very special, his name is Tepu Hapuja, he's a wedding photographer and videographer in Finland, but he is also a YouTuber, so... I linked all his info below so you can have a little bit context about him before you start listening. But in this episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about gear. We're going to be talking a little bit about composition, what makes good photos, how to actually train yourself to see and find better, more interesting photos in your everyday life. We will be also talking a little bit about why wedding photography is so important for you as a photographer, even if you're a street photographer, how it can actually help you, why you should not uh, see it in a bad light, but actually in a very good light. So this episode has a lot of gems. Uh, don't miss that conversation. I think it really helps. Uh, and remember, guys, if you've got questions, drop them on Instagram at Pieti Lambert or simply go to anchor.fm app. Leave me a voice message. That way I can plug your question in the next podcast. I think that's really cool. If you listen to the previous one, we did it. It was kind of awesome. So yeah, don't forget to drop your questions. This is how this podcast works. With that being said, guys, let's dive right into it. Let's welcome Teppo Hapuja to the podcast. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Teppo. Thank you so much. I'm feeling, I'm feeling nervous right now. That, now everything that I say is recorded for life. <laughs> exactly. There is a track on the internet for the rest of your life and beyond. I, I, I need to filter my mouth now. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. Uh, we should have called it the unfiltered podcast. I should send a warning. Do not filter yourself. <laughs> That's the best way. So let's be honest and open. Yes. Tepo, can you just help, I think, a lot of people who have problem pronouncing your name? So the English way is Tepo Hapoya, but the Finnish way is Teppo Hapoya. Teppo Hapoya. <laughs> Teppo Hapoya, yeah. But no one, no one says it that way, so we just go with Teppo. Oh, cool. Thanks. Because, <laughs> um, guys, for you listening, well, first of all, go check out Tepo on YouTube and Instagram. That will give you a little bit of context on this discussion. But what is very important is that your name is actually, for some reason, I find it very difficult, the pronunciation. But when you say it, it's actually very simple. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pronounced exactly as written. <laughs> I know, it's, it's kind of weird. It, I don't know why when you, it, it just always looked difficult for me, at least. Um, maybe it's my my French way of looking for French words. Uh, who knows? Yeah, I, I mean, I lived in Canada, so I got I had trouble with it my whole life. I got tipo, tapo, tempo, everything. <laughs> I'm sure you must have gotten a lot of jokes at school. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, all right, tempo. Tell me, can you give a little bit background story to everyone listening here? Because not all of you must know you. Okay, so my name is Teppo Apoya. I'm uh, 28 right now, uh, born in Canada, but living in Finland. Uh, when you find a wife who's Finnish, it means you move across the whole ocean to start a new life with her. But I mean, I do have a Finnish background. My parents are Finnish, so it's not like I'm totally foreign here in Finland. It's kind of like when I'm in Finland, I'm a Canadian. And when I'm in Canada, I'm a Finnish person. So <laughs> you're 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 kind of unique everywhere you are, but really you're never <laughs> home home completely kind of thing. But um, yeah, I've been a photographer videographer for about nine years now. Uh, my brother and I we both started out doing weddings 
it was super random how we started. We just, we were actually both in a Bible college studying theology. And while we're in class, we both have a one ear listening to the teacher and one ear, we'd have a earbud in, we'd be watching the newest tutorials or watching Vimeo videos and just learning about videography. And from there, we just got into it. You know, we started buying some gear, needed to make money. So we're like, well, how can we make money? Let's shoot weddings. And from there, it just, everything started from there. That's awesome. I'm going to, you, you just said something that piqued my curiosity. And I think that's the <laughs> best thing. Uh, there are two things. First of all, I just want to relate to the fact that when you're in Finland, you feel like a Canadian and vice versa, because mm. I kind of feel like I belong everywhere and nowhere at the same time. So I need <laughs> feeling. Um, second one is simply what you mentioned. So you, you and your friend, uh, your, your brother and your brother's yeah. name is Maddie, correct? Yes. So Maddie is, he's, he's living in Toronto and he's doing the whole YouTube thing as well. Okay. So you and Maddie, you're getting into the photography uh, space and you're like, how can we make money? Can I, can I ask you what got you to think wedding was the easiest or was the best way? Um, I guess everyone's getting married all the time. So we just assume that, you know, it's much easier to contact your friends for getting married and kind of get your foot in the door like that. So we shot like, I think two weddings for free for friends just to get some portfolio. because it's kind of hard to advertise yourself as a, wedding filmmaker photographer if you have no content to show yeah and then means you never did it yeah and then i guess in finland uh i would say finland is a lot more traditional so you know most wedding videos were like those eight hour daddy cam kind of wedding films and then we decided like hey let's do the whole wedding trailer thing so we just basically filmed our friend's wedding just quick five seconds five ten second clips and then we made like a nice three to five minute trailer And I guess in some ways, we we're kind of like the first guys to do it in Finland. So then it really kind of got traction here. And a lot of people were wanting to hire us after that. So it was interesting how you do a few gigs for free and then it opens up doors to more jobs and stuff. Oh, that's awesome. And I imagine that that concept was actually very popular in Canada or very well known. No. Uh, yeah. So in, in Canada, America, I already had baby been for a few years that people are already starting to do the whole wedding trailer thing. But I think that a lot of like, a lot of times, for example, I would say America or Canada, they're kind of leading in the whole wedding industry. And then the other European countries kind of follow suit. So it was kind of good to jump on the train a little bit later in Finland, I guess. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I feel that for us, I mean, if you're a little bit international and you're exposed to different cultures, I feel it's a huge advantage if you're in your home business or hometown because you can take trends, for example, that are happening in the US or Canada and bring it back home and vice versa also. If think something is really good in finland maybe mm. if you're doing a business in canada you might be like wow i think that would work really well yeah definitely i definitely think it brings a new perspective kind of on things coming from both countries i have a definitely a different perspective of finland that a lot of finnish people don't have and i have a much more different approach to canada that many canadians maybe don't have oh that's awesome um so i'm i'm kind of curious on the, on that and and um So right now you're like full-time, since when have you been like full-time on, uh, on video and uh, like wedding? Uh, so we started Heart Visuals in about 2009, I think. So probably I've been doing weddings, wedding seasons now for nine years. And the weddings is kind of like, you know, the May to September work. So it's like summertime, you're shooting weddings and stuff like that. So probably like 70% of my income is weddings and then 30% would be 
you know, in the fall, winter, spring season, I'll be shooting for companies or even in the last year or two, I've kind of been transitioning more doing travel stuff, nature stuff, photography, landscape stuff. So then that's kind of opened new doors as well. So I'm kind of like this hybrid of I've got weddings, but then at the same time, I want to do other things as well because I don't want to do just weddings. Like I don't, I don't brand myself as Tepo, the wedding photographer. I have heart visuals, which is for wedding stuff. And then my own Instagram account, for example, is just for my own personal work and company work that mm-hmm. I'm doing. So I, I kind of do both. I, I, I am trying to slow down maybe with the weddings a little bit. Like this year, I shot 31 weddings. So it was, it was pretty intense. A lot of traveling, which is kind of nice at the same time to do travel and shoot the weddings. But just the editing's killed me. I, I think I had a, uh, in September, I had 15 weddings like on backlog. So I was just, <laughs> it crushed me this fall. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's kind of crazy because that means you have like more than two a month. Yeah. And I imagine that they're all grouped. 75% must be in during like spring, summer anyway. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, I, had a, I had a goal that I would do this fall. Every, every week I did two weddings and then I would edit also one YouTube video. So I would always do like two days for one wedding, one day for YouTube video, two days for another wedding. And that was my work week. So it was a lot of editing. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And it's crazy because you kind of, I, I don't know how you feel about that, but you know, when we go into photography and video, we're kind of thinking of that glamorous life where you're going to be shooting all the time, you're going to be out <laughs> there, but you spend so much time in front of a screen yeah. that uh, it just kills me sometimes. I'm like, oh man, I, I want to go out and shoot. I don't want to edit. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think it's misleading. It's like 10, 20% shooting and then 80% is like administrative and editing, which is fine, but it's it, every... There's no job that's perfect. Every job's going to have its downsides. So it's just, oh, what, yeah. it is what it is. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, definitely, I, I mean, there's so many times where I get to travel somewhere or I'm shooting a wedding in some really amazing location. I, I think to myself, I can't believe I get to do this as a job because there's so many people who never get to travel. They never get to see the world and I get to do it while I'm working. So it's definitely like a win-win. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, um, I, and I'm sure you, you've noticed like, maybe you guys also listening have that feeling and my suggestion is sometimes when you're in those situations when you're going on a cool project but you might be stressed the hell out of it you know you might be like thinking oh god i have to get all the shots i have to do all that uh how am i gonna do that but if you are able to take one second or two seconds and just realize where you are and what you're doing as a third person you know and be like and then you're like wow this is actually really cool it mm. makes, it it changed sometimes you know i would i would shoot stuff and get really deep into the moment without being able to to separate myself from from the being in the in the thing so that that helped me sometimes just enjoy it a little bit more yeah without having like to uh stress stress out of it <laughs> yeah i always have a, a rule with my wife I, whenever i get some epic location i always say i'll take 10 seconds and just breathe it in and then we shoot <laughs> because otherwise you, you just get so pumped to shoot and take photos and video and then you, it's like okay let's go now and you're like wait we didn't even actually stop to just enjoy this so you definitely gotta take the time to enjoy it and shoot dude yeah oh my god yes I, i'm sure you can relate to that like, <laughs> it's, it's almost like a fear of missing out yeah and we took a road trip in utah and it was terrible i couldn't drive one mile without stopping <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because Utah is epic, like Zion and all those places. There's so it's many good ridiculous. places. Yeah. It's ridiculous, that place. Yeah. It's like Mars oh, wow. on Earth. I can't wait to go back, to be honest. <laughs> um, so, so Tepo, what's, 
what's the wedding scene in Finland? What, how long are weddings usually? How much do people pay? Uh, like for just photo and just video? I'm kind of curious. Um, I mean, on average, I think my days are like eight to 12 hours. I try not to do too much longer. And I think on average, the budgets are probably like, if you're a professional and you're doing it full time, you're probably charging anywhere from two to 3,000 euros, which is pretty good. I think the only challenge in Finland is we get taxed like crazy. So it's like the sales tax on every job is 24% right away. So, oh my God. you know, you get paid 2000 euros, you already lost 500 euros just for sales tax. And then from there, you know, you lose your personal tax and all that stuff, but Hey, that's life. That's Finland. You know, you, you get what you pay for because we get so many benefits of living here in Finland. So I don't complain. Uh, we have way too good here in Finland. So I'm more than happy to pay taxes here, but I, I think Finland is cool. Like I, I have a, a newfound appreciation for shooting in Finland because I was living in Australia for two years and I've been living in Canada and then coming back to Finland now, even this summer, like Finland is very unique in the summer because you have the midnight sun all, all night long. So, you know, in, oh, in, in, yeah. in Canada, America, you know, you're, 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 you're struggling to find portrait session time. You know, you, you have that half an hour, one hour window of golden hour. But then we in Finland, anywhere from 8 p.m. till 2 in the morning, you have golden hour, which is kind of challenging, actually, then, because sometimes I've, I've had to go take portraits at like 10 p.m. at night because the sun still hasn't really set to that nice golden hour. So it's different. You have more time, but you just got to do it a different time of day than in like Canada or in America. Oh, yeah, that's so true. I totally forgot about that. I, I actually never went uh, really north except once to Stavanger in Norway. Yeah. Uh, but that was for my previous job as an engineer. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I did go and shoot a little bit like the boat stuff, but yeah. not really more than that. So yeah. how does that work? For those of you guys listening, if anyone's in the north, uh, tweet us at Katie Lambert. And what's your Twitter? I don't even know if I have Twitter, man. I'm so... <laughs> my, my brother's always teasing. He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, get Twitter. I'm like, I don't even have Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Tweet us or Instagram us, whichever works for you guys. <laughs> yeah. But let us know if anyone's in the north. I kind of want to see. I, I just want to hear about your experiences shooting up north. And Tepo, how does that work? How long is your golden hour? Is it like two hours long? Or what? how does that work? It's forever, man. It doesn't what? stop. It's forever. <laughs> I mean, in, in, in June, like June 24th weekend, it's called the midsummer weekend. And the, the sun literally doesn't set. So like... From 7.30 until 4 in the morning, the, the sun is just at the horizon the whole time. Oh, my God. It's, like, perfect, no? Yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Then we, we pay for it right now, though, because now December 21st is the darkest day of the year. And right now, the sun, sun came up at 11 in the morning, and it's going down at 2. Oh, God. Yeah. That's so, <laughs> and, and when, when I mean it comes up, it's, like, just at the tree line, and then it drops again. So... Like I have it. That's why my wife and I were like, we got to go to Dubai. We got to get some sunshine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the best uh, because nowadays you, you're able to, we, we can travel so much easily yeah. compared yeah. to before. So you can actually do six months, six months, you know, like you go yeah, sure. to Indo, Dubai, all that. And then you come back. Yeah. We, we've talked about it. We're like, we should just move to Thailand or Bali for like four months every winter and then just come back when it gets nice in Finland again. Oh, yeah. That's, that, see, that's a great idea. I'm in Chicago <laughs> right now, and it's starting to freeze, and I haven't been cold in, uh, in a very long time. because <laughs> we, we kind of picked this nation during the war, too, that we're always warm, so we could keep our luggage small. <laughs> that's awesome. 
But now I'm like, uh, yesterday we went shooting. Uh, I was trying to shoot a video on Christmas uh, vibes. Didn't okay. really turn out as good as, I mean, I have to edit it. But yeah, I was I was expecting a little bit more Christmas vibes in Chicago. But it's <laughs> very little, you know, it's not like uh, Germany's market and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we go shoot and I didn't realize, but I had summer uh, shoes, you know. Like oh, no. Shoes with mesh. <laughs> And after an hour, I'm like, it's funny. I feel like my toes is numb. (laughs) (laughs) Pierre, you got to get prepared for this winter. It's going to be bad. (laughs) I know. It's a very bad idea. It's a very, very bad idea. Uh, Teppo, I'm going to pick up a few questions from from the audience who's been sending them on Instagram. So we we can, like, actually help them out a little bit. See what they have to say, etc. Oh, (laughs) Sorry, I have a question that everyone keeps asking me and I sometimes I just don't know how to answer. And I, <laughs> I think you can help me. And it's a tech, it's a gear question, but I feel like it's the most difficult question ever, uh, yet the most simple. So let's see mm-hmm. how, how we can answer that one. So uh, Gukal Rat on Instagram is asking, suggest a camera for beginners. That is, that is the worst question ever. For me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so tough. There's, I- I, I'm like I'm like the least gear guy, you know. Like I, I just feel like people get so stuck that they think they need a certain type of gear to be good at photography or video. It's so often you get the same question, like what what camera should I buy or what gear should I use? And I, I'm just really bad with it because I, I'm not super into gear. Like I, I'm more into just shooting and having fun with it. But even just a few weeks ago, I made a YouTube video on how to make cinematic films with the iphone because i wanted to show people that it doesn't really matter what gear you're using that if you know how to be creative you know how to find the good light good composition you can get good shots even with a phone but i guess if i would have to throw out maybe a camera out there i i recently bought the 6d mark ii just for like a a nice combination of a photo camera and a video camera um I've actually really liked it. I mean, specs-wise, it's not like crazy. It's not. It's not like you're doing 4K or 120 frames per second. But it has the flipped LCD screen. It has an image stabilizer inside the camera, which is good enough for me. And I love Canon because of the colors. So I've actually used that for a lot of my travel stuff because I haven't wanted for video. I use the GH5, but I haven't wanted to use GH5 and a photo camera if I'm doing photo and video on a trip. So then I just take the 6D Mark II around with me which is really affordable actually so it may be for a beginner is looking at for camera but then i guess one of the biggest mistakes i think a lot of people do when they're beginning is they they put a lot of money on a, a camera body but then they're shooting with the kit lens and i think a lot of times having a better high quality lens with a high aperture yes. is better than buying a, a really good camera body but then you have a kit lens so i did a video on that as well because it bothered me so much that so many people always buy really good camera bodies but then they don't invest in lenses at all so i did like a test where i had the canon 550d and then i had the 5d mark iii and i put the kit lens and then the one of the prime lenses and kind of compared the two just to show people what what like having good lenses can get you rather than just the camera body dude that is you're speaking the truth it's it's so (laughs) crazy i keep telling people it doesn't matter the camera you're using i mean it does matter to a certain extent but like yeah, the lens is gonna change your life. Like the camera yeah. body is not gonna change your life. I'm gonna give you an 1855, 3556 five, of the kit lens with a 5D Mark uh, one one million. It will still look like, <laughs> like you shot with your iPhone, you know? Yeah, um, definitely. With your iPhone five, 
because yeah. I'm sure they will get better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, good gear does help you. Like, if you have a 1D Mark II and you can do super smooth, buttery 120 frames per second, and it, the autofocus is just perfect. Like, of course, it makes it easier, but it doesn't. I guess I, what, I, what I'm trying to say is I don't want people to have an excuse for saying that, oh, because I don't have that gear, then I can't get good photos or I can't get good footage because it's not true. And what you're saying is true, it's, but it's even like, it's, the difference is even crazier, in my opinion, in terms of uh, cameras for photography only versus mm. videos. Because when you're doing, to, and that's something I have to keep reminding myself because I do a lot of YouTube and all that. So I yeah. shoot a lot of videos. When I speak to to my audience, mainly when I speak to you guys, um, I have to remind myself that well, most of you just do photography, and to be honest, mm. 120 frame person, who who cares? Like, no <laughs> yeah, one about 4K <laughs> when you're doing photo photography. When I did only photography, I never even pressed the record button on my camera. Um, yeah, I didn't true. know what it was doing. You know, I'm like, why is it on my camera? Is it easy to <laughs> Yeah, so true. So, yeah, yeah this one mark two uh is is definitely a good uh full frame camera for it's full frame right yeah the yeah it's full frame the yeah it's good yeah yeah i remember when i when i was starting out in filmmaking i would follow this one guy named solomon lighthelm and he would do the most insane videos and all he used was the canon 60d and the sigma 130 uh sigma 35 1.4 like the most basic setup but his videos were just amazing. And I remember he was the guy who like made me realize like, okay, maybe it's not actually all about gear that has a lot to do with skill and just working hard and, and just putting the effort into making good content. Yeah, absolutely. So I think if we had to leave you guys with something interesting, uh, like, or useful, at least if you're asking you a question about cameras, I, I don't know, Tepo, I'm going to make a suggestion and feel free to jump in. If you're yeah. looking at something under $1,000, where I highly, highly recommend you to just go and get a camera body that is secondhand. And yeah, definitely. Yeah, full frame secondhand camera. It doesn't matter, Canon, Nikon. Uh, if I had to uh, give my two cents on that, I feel that Nikon sensors are way better than Canon sensors as of the five past years. Mm. Behind because. Um, because that's not true. It was kind of equal, but Nikon, I don't know why, was had way better dynamic range, at least when I switched from Canon to Nikon. I saw a huge improvement. Yeah. A 5D Mark III and a Nikon D750. I would take the cheaper D750 every day. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so try to grab a secondhand uh, camera body that hasn't been beaten up like too crazy, uh, <laughs> and then invest in good lenses. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, so save your money, get a 55 one, one eight, oh, sorry, 50 millimeter one eight if you have no money. And yeah. uh, get 35 one four, I think is pretty good. What what other lens? 85 you would recommend? Yeah, definitely. I always think the 35, 50 mil, 80 mil, that like kind of range is always good. Yeah, with that, you kind of set for life. I, I'm pretty much shooting on the Sigma 35 1.4 like 80% of the time, which is funny. Oh yeah, that's that's exactly how I was shooting them. When I had the Nikon, I was like the the Sigma thirty five one four was like uh, plugged on the camera the whole time. <laughs> yeah, like oh, I'm going to a dinner. Okay, I just take that. That's all. Yeah, definitely. Anything else? So hope that helps you guys. Uh, if you've got more questions about that, you feel free to ask us. But I think if you're hesitating, uh, just don't get overwhelmed with the marketing and 
and people telling you about Megapixel. Watch uh, Tepo's video comparing uh, the 550 with the 5D Mark III. Uh, and also I have a video comparing a Nikon D40, which is uh, entry-level camera. I mean, kind of, yeah, mid-entry-level camera from 12 years ago uh, with a manual 50-millimeter lens to my Sony a7R 3 with a 1635 to 8. So you will be surprised, to be honest. I, I still think the Nikon photos are, are just as good. I really like them. So, mm. um, yeah, if I go uh, pixel peaking, yeah, of course I'm going to lose. But uh, most of us don't need 42 megapixel or even 24. So keep that in mind guys all right uh tepo ready for the next one i'm ready cool i was just gonna say we need to have like a drum roll always <laughs> oh i love doing this the sound effect <laughs> <laughs> animated podcast series there we go so ad matt snapper is asking what's the most important feature for you and tepo i'm gonna ask you that question because you're a wedding photographer that's super important uh, if you had to get another camera, I want to know what is the one thing that uh, it's like an option, a feature in your camera. Is it like minimum ISO shutter speed or whatever? What is the one thing you, you cannot not have? Oh, this is tough. It's for photos. One feature yeah. on my camera that I need for photos. Yeah, let's do photos first. Mm. You're putting me on the spot, man. Mm, that's uh, good that's good people can uh, take uh, a step and uh i, I love i love on the 5d mark III. i love the joystick just to move around in the focus points because the way i'm shooting is like i'm always moving the focus point with the joystick on the spot so i think that's really i don't know i just it's a, such a simple thing but it makes me shoot really fast because when you're shooting weddings you don't have time to change the settings and stuff you need to you need to like nail it right away so I found just being able to not nail the focus and change the focus point to the joystick really quickly. That's been really good, really helpful. Uh, video, the video side, definitely image stabilizers. Like the GH5 built-in image stabilizer. I used to always have a monopod or a glide cam or all these things, but now I probably film 90% of it just handheld. If it shakes a little bit, just throw on some warp stabilizer and it's good. So it's dramatically decreased the amount of gear that I carry to weddings and stuff. So those are probably two two things that come to mind right now. Oh man, I cannot emphasize enough how good the GH5 stabilization is. Yeah, it's just insane. Uh, I totally join you on that one. I, when I had it, and I had to, I let go of that camera and my Nikon just to combine and and keep just Sony. But yeah, the stabilization was just crazy. It was so smooth all the time yeah. and held. I'm like, what? <laughs> Who, yeah, definitely the only. Cable? Yeah, the, the only bummer of the GH5 is I don't really use it for, for shooting photos. So that's always a little bit of a bummer. And this is exactly what I sold. It, why I sold? It. <laughs> <laughs> I, I maybe I'll follow suit soon. <laughs> yeah. No, I had I started the world tour with the Nikon D750 and GH5, and I was like, oh, it's too heavy. So before we head off to Asia, I dropped the GH5, uh, the Nikon D750. And after two weeks, a friend was joining me in the Philippines. I'm like, dude, you have to bring me by my Nikon 750. It's not possible. I can't survive like that. <laughs> um, it's, I don't know, something's just, it's just lacking dynamic range. It's, I, I just feel like I'm crushing the images so quickly when I edit it. Yeah. And it, it doesn't feel good. And even, I don't know, there, there's something missing in the image uh, when I do photo. For video, I, it doesn't matter. But for photo, it's 
was really a big bummer for me. Mm. Uh, my, uh, I'm going to share my, my, how do you call that? My like must have feature, I would say is, uh, number one, simply the minimum shutter speed, uh, the minimum ISO shutter speed, because it allows you to, when you're shooting aperture priority to always have your camera set to minimum shutter speed. So it won't go below. And mm, yeah. when I, when I shoot and I change environment a lot, you know, when you go from inside to outside very quickly. Uh, aperture priority can really save you a lot of times and and it really helps so i just set the minimum shutter speed and then i'm good i don't have to think about the exposure i can fix it later if i need to yeah and that is something i can't and i and the second part is the one you mentioned because it just got me thinking and it's true uh yesterday i was a uh, fun story yesterday i was trying to shoot a little bit when zone focus thing you know yeah, yeah camera yeah. kind of picks it up itself and there is eye tracking, which is great on the Sony, but uh, whenever the person is not looking straight at the camera, the eye tracking obviously does not track the eye. Uh, and, and I was like getting frustrated with the zone focusing. It's, it's good, but I just didn't know what it was doing. So I shoot 90% of my time in single focus point and I just move it around. So what you, yeah. what you mentioned is essential. It's like crucial to be able to move quickly. Mm, definitely. Do you do you use any other mode than spot focusing? No, I just I shoot manual on the spot focusing the whole time. I haven't even tried it. <laughs> I mean, I, I was on one wedding shoot and one of the guys was using the autofocus on the 5D Mark IV, and I was like, oh snap, that actually works really well. So I'm not sure if it, it's actually like usable, but he was using it. And I was like, maybe I should try it at some point. So maybe I'll jump to the 5D Mark IV one day. Who knows? Yeah. Oh. Why are we talking about it? How do you feel about the EOS R? I haven't actually used it, so I'm probably going to get my hands on it uh, at the beginning of next year from Ken Finland. But um, my brother tested it out, and he, he was actually saying that like it's one of the go-to cameras that he's been using right now, which is funny because when you look at the specs, it doesn't look that good. But then when he, was <laughs> said he, when he started using it, he said he loved it for just the, the autofocus, the flipped LCD screen, the image quality was really great. He said... Um, the color science, a lot of things that I was, I was actually like, oh, maybe, I, maybe it's actually better than what a lot of people are thinking. Because I guess a lot of times nowadays it's like 4K, this, or you know, people want these certain features. But at the end of the day, you don't even really need it all the time. So I'm not sure yet. I haven't tried it, but I'm looking forward to try it. I've also heard that the lenses are really nice, even though they're very expensive. So we'll see. Yeah, I only got my hands on it uh, at Putukina in germany like uh, a few a few months ago yeah uh, i i don't know i haven't been like wowed by it i, I guess for <laughs> photo, uh it's an interesting thing because it's like a almost like a 5d mark 4 but it's a little bit smaller and you've got new functionalities which is cool and people who actually have it were really happy with their photos mm. so video uh, uh yeah i feel they're missing something like yeah, <laughs> you know and uh I don't know. I, I see a lot of people very happy with it, but also I, I see a lot of uh, Canon people very happy with it. So yeah. it's difficult to have uh, unbiased, you know. <laughs> yeah. Everyone loves what Peter McKinnon is doing, for example, but yeah. whenever he talks about a camera, I have to <laughs> remind myself, the guy only shoots Canon, you know. <laughs> so it's like, I'm waiting for the day Peter actually uh, puts two test two cameras together with a real and honest test. But I don't think it will happen. And it doesn't, it doesn't need to. You know, he doesn't need to. It's not his uh, his thing. He's not yeah. <laughs> comparing cameras. 
<laughs> but I always wonder, you know, I'm like, it's a great camera, but um, yeah, if you compare to what's happening on the market right now, I just feel like Canon is lagging way behind. That's all. Mm. I guess that that has been sometimes the the history of Canon that maybe they're a little bit late to the game of introducing new features. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll see. I mean, I'm excited. They're not out of business yet. Um, <laughs> I don't know about five years if they don't like make big changes. Mm. But yeah, they they're still they're still in, they're still in the game. The mm. nice Z6 and Z7, I thought people would talk a lot more about because I've tried it. It's really nice. Mm. And and Nikon is a funny brand because I feel like they do really good stuff, but they're very discreet. Mm, true. It's like no one speaks about it. <laughs> <laughs> true. And right now, it's, it's all always Sony. I know. It's like uh, it's like Nikon missed the the thing about influencers. They're like, what? Wait, <laughs> wait. There are people on YouTube talking about cameras. <laughs> Maybe we should be there. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Nikon. Time to wake up. <laughs> um, the only guy I know that is sponsored by Nikon is Brandon Wolfel. What? Yeah, yeah. On Instagram, that's that's the only guy I have in my mind that is on social media sphere with Nikon. So, yeah, mm. I'm just surprised, but that's doesn't matter. Yeah, Pepo, let's go to something uh, that is a lot more creative based, and that's something that's uh, trans uh, trans. Uh, how do you call that? Transversal to all arts. Yeah. I was asking about, uh, wait, let me pick up the name. Oh, yeah. Uh, one sec. Let me pick up the name of that person. Uh, how do you, uh, what is it? Uh, oh, it's Rabbi. Okay. So, so at Rabbi Zera on Instagram was asking, or he was telling actually, how come like a lot of photographer and he was talking about myself too. Um, he was like, how come the photos are always well composed, leading lines, rule of third, like golden number, etc. Like it just feels nice to look at. And how do we approach it when we're taking photos? You know, what do we think about? How do we actually think about our composition? Do we take like two minutes to think about it? Is it instant? It's instant, or how, how is that working out for you, Tepo? Plus, you just did a video on on leading lines, I think. Mm. Yeah, I did one kind of talking about composition, leading lines, symmetry, framing. And yeah, I, I, whenever I'm shooting, I remember when I first started out shooting, you're like, you're, you're so nervous and kind of like stressed about everything that you're just like worried about the person that you're taking a photo, for example. But then as you do it longer and longer, you realize like, oh, maybe I should look about how this person's fitting into the scene. So, you know, like for, for myself, like it drives me nuts if it's like, it could be a beautiful symmetrical moment and then someone's put their person's head like in the middle of the line and you're like, oh, why did they do that? <laughs> but I but I mean, not to say that it's wrong that you have to do it like that, but I guess for myself, I would say I'm a very like logical creative where, you know, I, I don't like doing this really weird, crazy artsy stuff. I like to be very logical creative. So I love symmetry. I love framing. I love finding leading lines. And as you do it more and more, you you kind of just learn how to do it. Your brain just, it, it becomes like second nature. You see like, okay, there's some lines, let's put them there. This is the middle of the frame, let's put them there. Or, you know, let's use this natural archway or architectural thing to frame the person in the shot. So it just takes time to train your eye, but you'll get there for sure. Yeah, I think it's a question of training and, uh, and really consistently shooting and, and get, mm. getting there. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, I feel like... Um, well, I'm I'm releasing a <laughs> I love calling it secret project, uh, <laughs> but something for everyone, and I hope that will really help uh, anyone listening with 
the um, how do you call that with that aspect of photography which i think is over, often overlooked in many tutorials mm. or many videos they might talk about it but there might be a missing link uh, behind it and i think it's it's a plastic practice aspect of it 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 is important to really really practice and train your eye to see in any situation you know whether you're going to work whether you're sitting at your office uh it's it's picking up even if you made yourself a cheat sheet with like five composition rules uh let's call it like that and you try to see it in your everyday life i think that would be very helpful yeah definitely uh do you is there one rule or i don't know one style of composition that you're like all about Hmm. I think I, I love framing. So, like, you know, I mean, I'm just scrolling through my Instagram feed right now, and just like framing the person's head or whatever that you, whatever the main subject is, just framing them well into the shot. I love that. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's like almost like an OCD thing where it's like this logical, creative side of my brain is just like, no, it has to fit into that box or into this area of the photo, <laughs> otherwise it doesn't look kid to me. So, like, I, I love, for example, when you're shooting like on a lake. And you get the the double reflection of the trees, and it'll make like a triangle. And putting the 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 person's head in the triangle area, or like oh, I don't know, wherever. Like if there's a a building, and you have like that doorway or something that hiding the person in the doorway, or whatever it is <laughs> that you can frame the person into. I'm always looking for that. So it's so funny looking at my Instagram feed even right now, just looking at how much I'm always doing framing stuff. That that's so funny. Okay, I, I want to say if anyone. Uh, if there was a camera right now filming me, I think people would be like, what has he been doing for the past five minutes with his eyes? And there is a, I, I just want to put you guys in context. Right now, there is a clock behind uh, a lamp. And the lamp has uh, like some kind of mesh, which means you can see through. And for the past five minutes where we're talking, people, I've been closing my eye left and right, trying to frame one of the numbers <laughs> on the clock. It is... This is exactly what we're talking about, guys. I, I don't think you realize how much like it's it's deep in ourselves right now to just look yeah. for stuff and try to frame them. And Tepo, I love what you're saying about framing. I think it's framing is really, really good. I got into it, uh, I would say into it like not too too long ago. Meaning I would do it, but now I'm I'm uh how do you call that? I'm purposely trying to do it way more than I used to. Mm. Uh, the reason yeah. is I really love it. Even in street photography, there's a lot of framing happening. And I think um, when you're in busy streets, it just makes it so much easier to read, read images, you know? Yeah, uh, definitely. Colin, that you guys might know uh, listening because he was on the podcast previously, is really getting good at, at framing uh, people. And uh, you can look through his feed. He really went deep into the framing. He's in New York City shooting with 7200. So obviously, you, you can really frame people very well with that. And I think it's a it's a fun exercise, and all at the end of the day, I think depo framing is all about removing distracting elements. Yeah, definitely. It's really getting people to see what you're trying to show them versus getting people to guess what you're trying to show them. Mm. And yeah, that's that's a good one. Another one I'm I'm trying to work on. I don't know if you're good at it, but it's details. Mm. I feel like I suck at details. You know how. Uh, who's a good example? Well, Peter was a good example of shooting a lot of details about coffee, for example. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, yeah, I'm so bad at it too. <laughs> yeah, and, but in wedding photography, you also shoot a lot of details, you know, with the tables. And I have a friend, she's pretty good at that with the tables, decoration, the rings, all that. Yeah. And I feel that uh, it really adds to a story you're trying to build mm. where it gives you a little bit more context 
without just having to give a global picture, you know, like yeah. uh, like overall. And mm. I, I really like those. I'm I'm trying to get to shoot more of that, and um, I, it's kind of fun actually. Yeah, whenever I'm shooting weddings, those are like the ones that I'm struggling with the most. So I just try to avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> just run away. Tell the assistant to go shoot some detailed shots, and I'll go shoot the people. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, when do you shoot the rings? Um, and it just came up in my mind. When do you shoot the rings? <laughs> uh probably doing when they're getting ready just because there's so much time during that moment or then if i forgot during the morning then during the reception because there's always some downtime but a lot of times in the morning prep you know in a hotel room there's nice windows or nice like area that you can just shoot the rings and stuff but i'm pretty bad at shooting rings so that's not my forte i, I would say that when i'm shooting weddings my my forte is like just capturing like the moment so i'm like really I'm really keen on finding when people are actually showing true emotion, not like I can't stand it when someone starts posing for the camera. Yeah. So if I lift up, if I lift up the camera and I can see that someone's noticing that, take a photo, I just put it back down and then <laughs> I just wait, wait, wait for them to forget about me. And I just take photos again. So I'm all about being a ninja. <laughs> that is cool. Hey, do you feel that there's, uh, we're going on way tangents, but it's okay. That's what it's for. No worries. Um, but do you feel that there is a, because a lot of people listening right now are into street photography just because of the nature of what I shoot and also the nature of the guest. Yeah. Do you feel that there is a big link between wedding photography and street photography? Ah, oh, definitely. Like when you think of wedding photography, you're always shooting things on the fly. So it's kind of like this run and gun shooting. And it's not like, uh, you know, if you're in a studio, you have the time to do all the lighting and figure out exactly how you want to shoot the shot. Whereas if you're doing street photography, you just have to go with the flow, you know, finding the right light, directing the person on the fly, getting a good moment. So I, even though a lot of people, when they hear wedding photography or wedding videography, they think, oh, maybe that's lame or something like that. But I think that the skills, like, for example, that me and Maddie both have taken from weddings, it's, it's translated 100% into YouTube world or our photography and everything. So I definitely think that they're very linked similarly. That is, that is... Yeah, that's the best thing you can ever say because I think wedding photography is a huge and great school, mm. even if you're not interested in it. Because what I got from it, uh, so back in Paris, I shot a few weddings. I wasn't too much into weddings. I shot a few, but that, then I diverted more into like couple shoots in yeah. Paris, you know, in the outdoors. So like more on portraits lifestyle, uh, which is which was really fun and and easier to shoot uh, or it's less strenuous at least and you still make a good amount of money so that's that's awesome as a professional um but weddings and portraits i really learned so much from that i learned how to get people to smile i learned how to actually get you know like get the best out of people and their interaction and also you learn uh, like you said to be a ninja ninja and, <laughs> and really get uh, like scenes trying to tell the story of what happened you know Oh, yeah, definitely. The moment. Look for the moment that will happen. You know, you you have that instinct also that is like, mm. oh, I feel something's gonna happen. Like either on the dance floor or here, or you see a kid who is starting to run towards the uh, the wrong aisle, and you're like, oh, that could be an interesting. Shot. <laughs> uh, wishfully thinking in your mind, do something stupid, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's a great school. So if you guys ever stop wedding photography. Uh, please don't because I know a lot of people like to do that oh, wedding photography is like so lame uh, lately mm. it became really like way better seen um, better uh, perceived 
But I think it's really a great school. You learn so much, whether it's shooting on the on the go, whether it's uh, doing portraits and also interacting with people. I think it's it's really, really nice. And everyone should go at least and second shoot for other people a few times. Definitely. The last thing I want to ask you is simply editing wise. Uh, is Are you doing everything on Lightroom or have you tried other software? I'm using only Lightroom, but I, I love it. I think Lightroom is like always getting better and better. And it's just so fast for the, the style of photography I'm doing. You know, like I'm not, I'm not spending three hours on one photo. So that's different if you're, if you're doing Photoshop, for example, and maybe you're into really high fashion where you need to make perfect skin and all that stuff. Then of course you use Photoshop, Photoshop but for, for what I'm doing, Lightroom is great. Uh, I think it's a really great program. Of course, there's always features that you kind of want here and there, but it feels like they keep adding more and more features that you need. So I think it's great. That's awesome. I'm asking because I've been reached out to once or maybe twice by other companies that have other softwares. Uh, and they were like, oh, you can try it and all that. And they gave me a license. And I never opted. <laughs> and it's like, I, I'm sure the software might be, might be good, but it's so, mm. for me, it's like almost impossible to, to change because I have all my, all my catalogs, everything. Yeah, true. Room. You know, it's like, it's an impossible challenge. That should be mm. <laughs> hey, you. Know what? We, you know what we should do, Debo? Uh, just funny joke, guys. Uh, we should just send out emails to all the software companies and be like, okay, we're going to make uh, the impossible challenge. Which software yeah. is possible to move all your life room to? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Dude, I mean, if there was a video like that, I think that would make it easier for anyone to change from Lightroom to their software. So if you have a software company, keep that in mind. <laughs> just make tutorials awesome. on how to move from Lightroom to your software. <laughs> yeah. That's it. All right, Tepo, thank you so, so much for your time. I'm going to be mindful. Uh, I'm sure you have a lot to do before the sun. No, there is no more sun. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go back to Christmas cleaning. Oh, yeah. You were talking about Christmas cleaning. What, what's that about? <laughs> well, in Finland, you got to get the house clean before Christmas so you can enjoy it fully. So I'm going to go back and slave away and clean. Oh, wow. That's cool. Hey, do you have <laughs> snow right now? We do. We just got snow this week. It's nice. That's so cool. Dude, I cannot wait. Oh, <laughs> because I'm gonna go out and run like a crazy monkey with a camera. Uh, it's gonna be the best thing ever. I don't know. No, the, the light is so good for any portrait. It's so oh, definitely. Yeah, when you have light, that is. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Sorry, we have a sorry. Three, three hour window. <laughs> it was like I don't have light, dude. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much, Pierre. Though it was great. No worries. And where can people find you on uh, on social media? Uh, they can find Instagram, Tepo Poya, or YouTube channel as well. But you can link it below. Yeah, I will. <laughs> quick last thing. Do you want to leave people with a little thing, exercise to do, or something to think about for the next shoot? Hmm. Go out and shoot in your own city. A lot of times we, we're always comparing other people's cities or countries to our own. And we don't see all the, the gold in our own city. So go maybe into your own city or your own nature and just take some portraits there and surprise yourself because there's a lot of gold closer than you think oh that is so good man that is so good <laughs> that, that was you, on the, that was on the fly <laughs> that is really good and if you don't believe it go to instagram and see what foreigners do in your city mm, true that is cool all right tepo thank you so much have an amazing day and we'll talk to you in the next episode yes you too bye bye
All right, guys, I hope you have enjoyed that episode. I hope this has been helpful. Remember, go check out Tepo on his social media, on Instagram, uh, Tepo Hapuja, and on YouTube. He's just shy of 20K on YouTube. So uh, if you could be the 20th thousand, that would be pretty cool. With that being said, remember, if you have questions, please leave your questions on Instagram, DM me, or simply record your question on the anchor.fm app you can actually leave me a voice message and i will include it in the next episode do it it's fun it's entertainment it's just as if you guys were calling me to get your questions answered so with no further ado get out there go shoot try something different try something new and i will talk to you in the next episode guys i forgot to mention if you can leave a review on itunes or apple podcast or Uh, what is it called? Google Podcast. Please do that. Leave it a five star if you like it and uh, leave a little nice comment. That would mean the world to me. It helps getting it discovered if you want it to blow up like crazy like I want. Thanks a lot, guys. Have an amazing day. See you in the next episode. Bye. Good morning, podcast, and welcome to the Pierre Tillembert Show. I am Pierre, your host, and today is the first day of 2019. So I really want to wish you a very happy new year. I want to wish you happiness and health. I think the rest will take care of itself. So in today's episode, it's a little bit special because I have Cody Blue, a YouTuber, videographer, filmmaker based in Lake Tao. And it is a great episode because we dive into so many different things that I think will interest you. For example, we talk about how working for free can help your career. How, how working for free can help your career. Also, what is how working for free can help your career? What kind of what how working for free can help your career? Is Sony's weatherproofing worth it or not? How she how he got started, also a few tips on how to reach to brands if you want to work with them. And we'll dig a little bit into his story, into his Arctic expedition that he just took. It was kind of sounded a little bit insane and really exciting at the same time. And we'll also answer the question that you guys dropped. So I can't wait for you to check. <coughs> I can't wait for you to start listening to that episode. I think there are a lot of gems in here. And if you want a little bit of context, you can find Cody Blue on Instagram at Cody, C-O-D-Y-B-L-U-E underscore. And that's it, Cody Blue on Instagram and same on YouTube. So with no further ado, let's get this podcast started and let's kick off 2019 as we should. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have enjoyed that episode. There were a lot of questions in here and I think there was a lot to be learned from. Uh, just for example, how to get started. If you're trying to get money, it shouldn't be that complicated. Uh, just make sure you have good skills and then just ask people if they want your services. I mean, I think the way Cody, Cody, I think the way Cody put it was really good. With that being said, guys, if you like the podcast, please make sure you share it. It means a word to me if you can share it with other friends. Uh, it really, really helps the podcast grow and it's easier for me to access other guests for the podcast. So please share it. Make sure you review it on iTunes, uh, on your Apple podcast app. Or leave it a five-star review. <coughs> 
leave it a five-star review, leave me a comment, all that. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Thank you so much, guys. Have an amazing 2019. Bye.